You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage. And our money. Hey, husband. Hola. Hello. Hello. On this episode, we're sharing how we would spend the various sums of money we mentioned in last episode. We're checking in on our house name and answering a listener a listener question or a listener question <laughs> <laughs> about emergency funds and irregular expenses. So uh, the timing of this recording is actually serendipitous. It's tax day when we're recording this. Oh, geez. So happy tax day, everyone. And... Despite uh, Chris turning in our taxes so early, like in January, I actually just Mm. went to the post office to send in an amendment to our taxes. Can you tell our listeners why that is, Chris? (laughs) (laughs) I was a little overzealous, and so I submitted our tax returns. Um, Actually, I wasn't overzealous. I submitted my returns when it was allowable to submit our returns, but the organizations that are supposed to send me my documents (laughs) are lazy and slow, and didn't get me some of the documents I needed till February, which is ridiculously late. <laughs> and so anyway. you forgot about something that you needed to add, like, was it some stocks that you sold? Yes. So we had a capital loss on some poor tax, I mean, some poor uh, stock investments I made actually many years ago. Um, but that's okay, because when you have losses on on stocks, you can count it against your taxes and, and you know. And that's not, that's not... Those stocks aren't any part of our like long-term investment strategy. That was sort of like stocks that you invested in. It was just kind of kind of play money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing yeah, I, nothing huge. Like, how much did you sell and make from those? They were on penny stocks. So right, right. And I so, and I invested in this 15 years ago before. It's just been <laughs> sitting around. Right. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, I that that was I finally zeroed out that account mm-hmm. that I didn't touch or use or mm-hmm. anything for many years and and sold those stocks at a huge loss. And so we were able to count that loss. Um, so that would get us more money, except that also I participated in an event at ASU that oh, paid me money, that's right. um, which as supplemental income, which didn't get taxed because that's it right. wasn't part of my normal pay cycle. And as a result, we owed taxes on that income and I got gotcha. that paperwork much later than our W2s. And so, um, so that was tax that we owed. And so in the end, we actually owed we still had a net return, but mm-hmm. um, we owed the government back about four hundred dollars, and so we had to we had to own up today. Oh boy! All right, uh, that's kind of jumping jumping the gun and getting into our money talk, I guess. But anyway, so yeah, happy tax day, everyone. Hopefully, everyone got their taxes in. But okay, I wanted to touch base really quick. Uh, we're getting the house painted soon. Oh, I'm supposed to talk about that on our money too, but that's related to <laughs> I mentioned before that I want to come up with a name for our house mm-hmm. because I just think that would be homey and fun and I don't know. I've decided I want to have like a house naming celebration. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, but we still have yet to come up with a house name and we are just not having an easy time agreeing on names. We had an easier time naming our children than we're having naming our house, (laughs) I think. Um, So I, I feel like I've been putting forward suggestions and you're shooting them all down. Well, maybe you feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, I haven't come up with as many because I'm not putting anything forward that I, I just, I don't consider quality. (laughs) 
you putting all quality names forward? I'm not suggesting yours are not quality, but I'm I'm coming up with very few that I think are viable options on I my see. side. That's what I'm saying. Well, I think maybe you should work harder. I mean, I'm also putting forward quality names. The thing is, I can't think of any. I just I can't think of. I'm I have gonna, two. I'm going to schedule two. a retreat for us. Okay, so tell us what you've come up with. Well, the first one was the Coliseum, which actually I don't like very much anymore. Oh, but okay. um, when I first su- suggested it, it was because, well, Dash and Cedric and I wrestle just a shitload. So, like, constantly we're on the ground mm-hmm. throwing each other around. And uh, and so it felt like, you know, we're wrestling all the time. The and, often, and often the boys are naked, like after their bath or something, just like because they run around naked a yes. lot. I'm I'm usually clothed. They are right, naked. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not like straight up, you know, Coliseum type stuff. But <laughs> the other, actually the one that I like the most, and I, and I do think is quality and I think it's a good one, is Pedal House. Mm-hmm. And the reason I thought of it and the reason you don't like it is because there's actually a bar near your workplace called Pedal House, H-A-U-S. Yeah. And... um it does have like a bike kind of theme inside mm-hmm. a little bit, but I liked it because it's it's suggestive of our active lifestyle and we're big into bikes yeah. and you know, all of that. So I just thought that was cool. But. Yeah. I know. I think because it's a bar right next to my work, I just already have that connotation and it just already feels like, no, that's a bar. Like it's not our house. So I'm sorry that randomly that random name is already taken up in and my head. And your suggestions? My suggestions so far have been, um, because we like to call our family Team Wharton, I suggested the clubhouse, which mm-hmm. I thought was fun. Um, I also suggested because we live in the East Valley, and I was just trying to think of kind of interesting names related to that. I suggested East Nook or East Nest. And then Maybe we're going to get our house painted gray with a yellow door. So I was thinking maybe something with like the words gray or something like with yellow or sunshine. I thought of Chez Soleil, which Chez is like the French word for home and Soleil is the French word for sun. Kind of has a nice ring, but I don't know. Nothing's like, neither of our suggestions are really landing with the other. And I I don't want to pick something that you're just like tepid on because I want it to be a name that we like affectionately call the house a lot. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be something that just one of us loves and the other one doesn't want to use it. Like I really want it to be a family name. So, so anyway, we're still thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Shea Soleil comes closer. A little closer. A little closer. Um, okay. Let's see. I also just like lately feel like it has just been like, I don't really like to use the term busy because I feel like that almost indicates like like busy work, like you're not doing things that are really important. So I like to use the term full, but life has been very full lately. Mm-hmm. You had a super busy, I mean, full week at work. <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah, just all these culminating events for the year. This is typically April is your busiest month. There's usually grant proposals due and budgets due and big events for the end of the year. So it's just felt very full. And I guess, you know, we had, um, I guess also... We had Dashiell's birthday last weekend. Yep. So there was a lot of like planning and, you know, doing leading up to that the weekend before my parents were visiting. Mm-hmm. So I guess that probably also too, we just had like some really full weekends too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was realizing our, our personal timing is, is pretty poor. We have a birthday and we have our anniversary in what is usually the busiest month of the year I know, for us. <laughs> I know. If only we would have known. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, but so we are um, tomorrow getting to do a day date to celebrate our anniversary. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't know what it is. So it's a big surprise. Yeah. And all I've been told is that I was to purchase some snacks for our day, which 
is interesting to me. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really fun. Um, we thought that maybe we would take turns each year, like planning our anniversary celebration. So I'm planning a day date and I mean, it's not a rule that it has to be a secret. I just thought it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So, I love it. I love it. yeah. So we're looking forward to that. I feel like maybe that's just going to be a really nice time to relax and kind of reset. And hopefully, I mean, you're still busy for the rest of the month and you do have some travel coming up, but maybe just now that our weekends aren't so packed, maybe it'll feel like things are a little less crazy. I think so. I'm only going to have to, I mean, I've got to wrap up a class and like get another one prepped, but really this was the big week. Okay. I mean, there will be the travel where you'll have to deal with Mm -hmm. the kids on your own for a little bit, but that's short lived. And then, and then we're in the clear and then it's utter awesomeness for eight months. I'm just, I'm just so, so excited about, about what is to come for Mm -hmm. us in the summer Mm -hmm. and for next fall on sabbatical Yeah, and the pace of life. So on the negative side of things, mm-hmm. very, very negative side of things, um, we have two of our very, very good friends who are... A couple a that couple. we're great friends with. Yeah, yeah. They're they're together. <laughs> <laughs> Husband and wife, um, who we love to hang out with and um, are... They're like our, our soul couple, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. They're moving away. Yep. Very, very, very likely. It's, it's about 99% done deal. Mm-hmm. And not only are they moving away... Just generally, they're doing it super fast just yeah. because of an opportunity that came up. Mm-hmm. And um, and they might be out the door in like six weeks, yeah. five weeks time. Yeah, so we're just really mourning that. That's just like really tough. I mean, I think, I bet so many of our listeners can relate. It's just can be tough to make friends as an adult and then especially friends as a couple because that's just a lot of dynamics that all have to align especially too when you have families and with like schedules and personalities and just all this stuff. And so, yeah, it's just a huge loss. And we have known them since, since about the time or right before we got married. And so they're like good friends too, that we knew before we were parents and we like kind of went through that all together. So Mm -hmm. it's just such a particular time of life. And, um, Yeah, so it's going to be a big loss. So, you know, yeah. we're going to stay in touch and like visit each other and stuff, but it certainly won't be the same as just having them, you know, right down the road. So, yeah, it's a big deal. And I, I'm particularly worried about it because um, the husband is a, is a good friend of mine and I don't actually have many mm-hmm. very good friends here. Yeah. yeah, I have great friends from high school. They're scattered around the country and I have one good friend from work otherwise who I've mentioned before, this brilliant guy who mm-hmm. but lives kind of far away. So it's hard for us to get together. Yeah. Um, this couple and the husband are, are, you know, was kind of my go-to great friend who I could Mm -hmm. call and hang out with, grab a beer with and, uh, and no more. (laughs) So, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I have to think about this. I I think it'll cultivate new friendships. I mean, you know, we've, I, we've talked about it a little bit. It just, I don't know. It does take some effort, but I know that, I know that you'll find another good friend. I mean, it won't, it won't be the same, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So let's move on to talking about our money. So <laughs> Chris just did the rain hands. You can't resist. So I just came across this this week, and I don't know if you already saw this shared. Maybe it was on Facebook or something, and I just had to share this with you. Um, the Huffington Post published this article, this blog post this week of the 15 best and worst places to live if you're trying to save money. And the number one best place to live if you're trying to save money is Gilbert, Arizona. Isn't that crazy? Where we live. (laughs) I could not believe it. I know. It is crazy. So it's kind of like the the information for... What are you doing with your hands? 
<laughs> it's almost like you're reaching out to me. I'm like, what is, is something wrong? I, I just noticed the dryness of my elbows feels weird on the table. Ew. And so I'm just moving it around, just feeling the weirdness of it. That's Sorry, this should be totally cut out of the episode. That's super <laughs> gross. So the, like the justification for why Gilbert is the best place. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how this like really measures up. It says that there's high median income. It says that the median income here is over, $81,000, which is very high compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the country. Um, but then I guess they're saying that, that like the housing costs are, you know, maybe higher, but not as high as they could be. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I, I think it's like also low cost of like groceries and gas, maybe the sales tax stuff. But anyway, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think overall like, yeah, high income, low cost of living for the most part. Gotcha. And so the difference is your ability to save, which I, I think actually probably they just heard our podcast. Yeah, there you that two go. saving gurus lived in Gilbert, Arizona. <laughs> Why didn't they profile us for the article then? <laughs> no, fools. Um, okay, so let's see. Oh, we did just have another house go on the market down the street. So if any of you want to save money and come be our neighbors mm-hmm. in Gilbert, Arizona, just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So we are getting the house painted. I feel like we've been talking about this forever, but it's just taken a while to like coordinate bids because our next door neighbors are going to use the same painter and like deciding Mm -hmm. on colors and all this stuff. But we have told them we're ready to go. We have our house colors. So we're hoping to get that scheduled soon. And I'm just, I'm so excited for the change, even though that's going to be, um, a big chunk of money, like $2,700, um, because we're getting kind of some other things done, getting our doggy door, like patched and filled in and kind of some other like wall repairs like that plus the painting um but it's going to be awesome i think it'll 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 be be just like kind of inside it'll kind of give a renewed you know fresh feel to our house and i'm so excited about that and it's gonna i mean actually not just change the color but just because there are patches that are looking pretty ratty on the house yeah and so it'll look kind of kind of make it look refreshed nice and new um And so another thing in our money that has been a really interesting development, I've had this opportunity come my way um, to actually do some creative coaching and to get paid for it, which is really, really cool. exciting, I think. It's really, really cool. It's something that I think I've been doing for a while, very informally, just with friends and um, people that I've connected with online. I love talking about and thinking about the creative process. I'm very process oriented. I'm very, you know, I just organize things like that in my brain. And you and have huge experience now. I have I have big experience like with blogging and podcasting and just kind of navigating those, you know, mediums. As well as science writing and creative writing. Yeah. You're published in yeah. many ways. That's yeah, that's that's true. And I think I just I just love to encourage and support people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially in creative endeavors because those can be just so fulfilling. But so anyway, this opportunity just through a couple of um, like connections that I had and someone who was very encouraging of me that I should do this sort of sent a potential client my way. And so, yeah, that's just, it's really, really exciting. So here's a question. Okay. Are you open for business? Oh, um, yeah. If, if anyone is like, has a creative pursuit that you're either like percolating and you aren't sure like what the next step is, um, or if you should even go forward with it or you're in the middle of it, but you're stuck or I don't know, you just want someone to like give you that objective advice and like big picture view and help you determine some concrete next steps. Yeah. Shoot me an email. Um, 
heymatrimony at gmail.com. And I'd love to, yeah, I'm open for business. You know, I can kind of get some details and we can talk a little bit more. So cool. So will Kelsey's creative coaching, consulting and communications <laughs> business <laughs> sponsor matrimony podcast? <laughs> um, I don't know about, I mean, I think I'm sponsoring this podcast already in a lot of ways. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, it actually speaks to uh, a broader theme. We've talked a little bit about how great would it be to have some little side gigs going yeah. um, that help us generate some revenue and, you know, and, and mm-hmm. help us with our savings goals and everything else. Um, so this opportunity has begun for you and I had published that book yeah. in December. And it's, it's kind of a, kind of a more academic book. I mean, any, yeah. anyone can buy it like on Amazon and stuff, but it's not like a super popular press kind of book. Yeah, it's it's if you're an advocate of the food system in your town or community, then it's for you. But if mm-hmm. if you're looking for like a just a light read or something, yeah, or like a a fun romp through some magical town, that's or whatever. <laughs> it's not this. That's book. not it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so but I randomly checked in with um with the team at Rutledge to see what the sales were, and I'm not expecting huge sales in any way. Like probably on the order of hundreds. Mm-hmm. or low thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking it would be trickling. Uh, but we've sold in the first three months 250 copies. That's so exciting. Which is great because that's, you know, I, I haven't seen that paycheck yet, but if it continues on that track, that'll be a small but, you know, useful chunk of, yeah. of future savings. Yeah, that's it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, so we had teased last time that we had these different dollar amounts that we wanted to talk about how we would spend them. And sort of the caveat was like if you inherited this big sum of money and so you've already used money to like pay down some debts um, and like save up some money. And so what's left is just fun money. So the mm-hmm. intention is like to spend it. It's not to invest it because you've already covered that. So anyway, let's go through these different dollar amounts and say, and we haven't shared with each other what we would spend. So how do you want to do it? Do you want to go hundred, hundred thousand? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay. okay so how would you spend a hundred dollars? I need to buy new work shoes because okay. I have foot pain and uh-huh. IT band issues and all this stuff. And, okay. and um, I need to stretch also. But yeah, I need new work shoes. They're broken down. All right. <laughs> um, so I said that I would want to do a day date, which we could do um, on a day when we already have daycare. And so we'd use the $100 to go have an awesome meal at my favorite restaurant, which is St. Francis mm-hmm. in Phoenix. Yeah. We haven't been there in a long time. That's great. How about $1,000? Uh, I need to redesign my blog, my website. Oh, okay. And so that'd be a pretty kick-ass redesign. Yeah. So so I'd probably do that. Okay. I said I would complete my capsule wardrobe. I need a few things like a great blazer, a little bit more casual wear, maybe a couple new work shoes, uh, work shirts. And actually, I also need running shoes, so I throw those in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I'll go first on this one. For $10,000, I'm kind of torn... Um, I said update the front and backyards or potentially new floors, although I'm not sure if that would cover it, mm. actually. I guess I don't know. We've never looked. Yeah. What about you? $10,000. A solar panel system. Oh, which, nice. Would that cover it? I mean, it would it would cover a, a system at that which which would not cover the total of our oh, okay. um, energy use. But, okay. but it'd be a, a nice investment to, do, to reduce it. Yeah. Okay. How about $100,000? A new Tesla, what Model Three or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, plus solar panels on the house, plus Tesla batteries, which the the power wall, oh, so that we'd have okay. a completely solar powered house and car. Okay, do you know what I said? I said Tesla and solar panels on the house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say the battery. I don't know if that's gonna. 
I don't know if there'd be enough money left over for that, but I mean, if there is fine, I would take it. Oh, I think that, I think that, in fact, I actually added with this plus backyard renovation. Whoa. Tesla's 35K, solar panels on the house, probably I figured, 20K. I figured, though, if we had all that money, maybe we'd, like, get some upgrades in the car. Like, 35K is just, like, starting. Maybe we'd want to get, you know, the tinted windows, the leather seats. I don't know. No leather. I mean, just with the with the boys and the durability and the stainability. Yeah, that's probably so, true. I don't know. Okay, okay. Okay, what about a million dollars? This is so hard. It just it actually hurts me to think about spending it versus saving it. Like yeah, I just it's it's really hard. But I said either rebuilding this, like stripping this house down to its bones and rebuilding it in Whoa. fully sustainable fat and style. Whoa. Or actually building an entirely new sustainable home. Well, which actually would mean leaving our street, which I'm not sure I'd want to do. So yeah. it's very very conflicted with a million yeah. dollars. But hmm. recycled materials, totally water efficient, fully solar powered, including production rooms, a writer studio, and an audio production room. Oh, that would be amazing. And then I would imagine, though, that wouldn't become close to a million, and so we'd have enough money to buy. You don't think so? No, no. I I, mean, I feel like a million dollars doesn't go that far nowadays. Yeah, I'd say five to seven hundred thousand for that. Okay. Because we wouldn't buy, we wouldn't build a huge house, you know? That's true. So then I thought we'd have enough money to buy a cabin up north, small cabin up north, or one in Montana. Oh, that's awesome. That we'd Airbnb in, uh, except for the times we went to go visit and stay in it. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, That's so funny. Mine is like exactly the same. I said house updates. I guess I didn't think that a million dollars would go as far. I mean, I just said like new floors, update the kitchen, the bathrooms, the front and backyards. Um, And, and like included in that would be like solar panels on the house and, um, yeah, I have I have no idea. Maybe like some reconfiguring of rooms or something something like that. And then I said buy a second home in the mountains. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we are totally on the same page. Yeah, Aww. How about that? Aww. <laughs> um okay, so um we had a few listeners who wrote in sharing what they would do. So thank you so much. And I just wanted to share a couple of things that people said. Andy said she would spend ten thousand dollars finishing their basement, uh, which that sounds amazing. Um, and let's see, Meg said she would spend $10,000 on a bathroom renovation. And actually they also both said at the million dollar range that they would buy a vacation property. So that seems to be like something that a lot of people dream of, like, you know, yeah. place to get away, but it's something that, eh, you know, unless you have quite a bit of money, yeah, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So yeah. And it's for me, it was sort of sneaky because if you buy another place, you could rent it out and make a little bit of cash. So oh, I gotcha. A yeah. Bit of an investment. So I was, yeah. I was fudging the rules. That's, that's legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on to our listener question. Okay. So, um, we have a listener question. Um, she says that they have been keeping a zero base budget since 2007. Um, but and they're keeping a $1,000 emergency fund, she says, a la Dave Ramsey, but finds that sometimes it isn't enough or that there are unexpected expenses within the month, month that kind of throw off their budget um, that she's heard about keeping an irregular, an irregular expense account, but says that she doesn't have the patience for that. So wanting, wanting some like advice on how to handle that. So you you start. We definitely have some thoughts on this. Well, I guess if if this listener is pretty assiduous with their budgeting, mm-hmm. otherwise, like sticking to the categories, the allotments for each category that they had, then I would, I guess, recommend or suggest trying to figure out those unexpected expenses 
do yeah. they continuously fall? In, and can you categorize them right. in some way? So even if they're variable month to month, can you still categorize them and then create a category for them, a line item? Expenses. Yeah, that would actually maximize the amount that might come up. Right. And then if you're if you stick to your budget really well, it sounds like they do, then that money would just roll over when you don't use it. Then you've got gotcha. extra for the unexpected expense the next month. Right. And then maybe you could throw some into savings when a lot is built up if you haven't happened to use mm-hmm. it. So that might be one way. But the other way, I think, and the way that we do it, is having now this set of accounts outside of our primary Bank of America accounts right? where those variable expenses or like quarterly expenses, mm-hmm. not monthly expenses, build up. So the money just gets automatically deposited there. Right. Then we pull it when the expense hits, mm-hmm. which is irregular. So I guess that... I don't know if she would have the patience for that, but that's, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. how we do it. Yeah. And it's tough. They didn't, she didn't say what those type of une- like examples of the unexpected expenses. So, it, you know, maybe they live in an older home and like things are breaking or whatever, or maybe there are medical expenses, you know, maybe different, different things you might address differently. But yeah, I would say that if it continues to be an issue that you might need to increase that emergent emergency fund, I guess, kind of depending on your other savings, I might want to have a bit more than a thousand dollars. I don't know. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think it depends too on like your job security. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I think so. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of kind of factors in determining an emergency fund. We definitely don't think that like, as a rule, it has to be the, you know, like the three months living expenses, but just, just depending on your, on your situation. But then I would say like, like you are saying that if these are consistent irregular expenses. I mean that that every month there are irregular expenses. It sounds like it's time to put a line item in your budget for either whether, you know, figure out what those are, tracking in mint and seeing what they are, or um just having, yeah, an irregular expense. Yeah. So like an example on our end would be home supplies. So yeah. that's irregular. Like some days we need or batteries some we need or light bulbs or paint or whatever it is. Cleaners of various kinds, whatever. Right. So excuse me. <laughs> Um, so we have a line item in there for 250, which is kind of random. I think we might have come up with that by just looking at three or four months worth of expenses in that category to see what on average it might be. So most months that's plenty. Um, some months it's not, but so that money rolls over cause we're putting it in this other account and then we pull it when we need it. So actually, yeah, that's, it works out pretty well if you do it that way. And it's not too... It's not too taxing. Like the the money gets automatically deposited. When you notice those expenses hitting, you just pull it back over Mm -hmm. and cover them and it's all right. And I would just say, um, you know, she mentioned not having patience for those other accounts, but I guess it's like, do you have patience to, to maintain another account or would you rather have, you know, your budget thrown off month after month, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so if you're frustrated by the irregular expenses and the going over your budget, then, you know, maybe having, you know, an, another account might, might seem frustrating, but it'll actually make things a lot yeah, easier. A I was also going to say, and I guess this is what you were kind of mentioning, but instead of just having an emergency fund, maybe you need a short-term savings and an emergency savings. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what you're talking about, like either categorizing these things, yeah. like we're kind of building this up or just having kind of a little more, um, a liquid, liquid fund. Cause you know, you do want your emergency savings to to really only be touched in an emergency situation. and Yeah, like a break the glass type of situation. Yeah, and just going over your budget in a month, that really shouldn't be a situation, I think, where you're touching your emergency savings. That's really not an emergency. That's a, we need to revisit the budget. Yep, yep, exactly right. All right. There was one other question, though, uh, about student loans. Yeah. Oh, 
Uh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, That's kind of like part of her question that I forgot to mention. Okay. <laughs> take it away. Uh, well, yeah. So, so this, the listener was wondering about um, paying down student loan debt and th- there wasn't detail related to you know right. paying it down. She just so, mentioned that they're wanting to pay it down. Yeah. But a couple of, of thoughts, just because I've been looking into this too, random things that may or may not totally apply. So um, there are a couple of loan forgiveness programs. If you do public service of some kind, and that could include like working for, in my case, working for the university or um, state government organizations, whatever, um, there might be an opportunity for you to pay down or get your loan forgiven a portion or all of it um, starting October of next year. So there are the payments you've been making that might actually qualify for this program. So look up loan forgiveness programs. There's also a teacher forgiveness one if you happen to be a teacher. Um, and for listeners out there, there are these things and, and again, they can pay down a portion or all of your, all of your current loan. Um, there's also loan consolidation, which both you and I did. Um, and your loan was, was your loan consolidated? Yes. I, but I think I ended up, I had maybe, I don't know. I feel like I had several different loans and some of them I consolidated, but then there was another that had a pretty low interest rate. And so I kept that one separate. It just ended up making better sense. Yeah. So, okay. so and your loans were between 35 and 40, about 40. Mm-hmm. And my loans are sitting at around 60. Um, and mine are consolidated. I feel like when I met you, your loans were at 60 yeah. and here we are all these years later, still at 60. Yeah, what really, is going on? I don't know. It's really amazing. It doesn't, uh, it's not getting paid down. I don't know how should I be concerned? <laughs> I don't know. Should we be concerned? Well, I have applied for the uh, one of these loan right. forgiveness programs. Oh, so I wonder we'll when see. we'll know about that. Yeah, uh, but cons- look for look at opportunities for consolidation. And but even beyond that, look at the interest rate and the total amount. So your loans were thirty five to forty, and your interest rates were hovering around like 7% seven percent or so. Mm-hmm. And we just decided that was terrible. We had to kill it, so we killed it, and we. Like that was the first focus before we started saving and everything. Yeah. Um, so you, you might but, I, but I, I, I won't say that I think that that's necessarily the advice for everyone. Like that's the best choice for everyone. Right. That's what I'm saying. Look at the interest rate. Yeah. I mean, if it's high, if it's your highest interest rate loan, then then kill that thing. Just because, but there are, you know, there are programs where you can go into deferment on your loans or like mm-hmm. things like that. Like, I mean, you do want to make sure that you have liquid savings to cover like you in emergency situations. So, I mean, there's a lot of, it it can get kind of complex and like moving parts, but, um, I don't know. So, no, I think that's a good point. And, but, but actually it reminds me to mention something else about the emergency savings thing. So I I think you're probably right. Like 1000 may or may not be enough depending on somebody's situation. Mm -hmm. But one thing uh, I read somewhere that I thought was actually a really interesting concept is your emergency savings in part, might actually be built into your budget, your monthly budget. In other words, like if you really got into an emergency where you needed extra cash, mm-hmm. part of that is hopefully an emergency fund that you have, mm-hmm. but then part of it is probably extraneous, extraneous expense oh, you could right. probably just drop mm-hmm. out. So mm-hmm. let's say you have a gym membership or you right. have cable or you mm-hmm. you know, you know have money for going out and mm-hmm. entertainment. Like those, that could be hundreds of dollars that you yeah. just stop spending because you're trying to get out of an emergency situation. So you may have a thousand dollar emergency fund, but you also may have $500 per month that Mm -hmm. you can just drop out of your budget. So you can, you can think about the combination of those so that Mm -hmm. you can free up a little more money. That's not going into emergency savings that could go elsewhere. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I like that. Okay. Let's move on to one big thing. Um, 
you have a cool big thing yeah from this week <laughs> you were i interrupted your drink of water excuse me no i was just thinking you were talking euphemistically um <laughs> i i i had the chance to hang out with um a, a favorite author of mine uh michael pollan who who wrote the omnivore's dilemma botany uh, of desire botany of, yeah and um, others a number of of relatively well-known books if you're into like food-based writing uh, he came to ASU as part of a major, uh, well, there was a 10th anniversary for the School of Sustainability mm-hmm. at ASU. And so he came to give a, a talk there and he met with us and uh, maybe I'll post a picture of all oh, of Oh yeah, us that'd be great. Show notes. Um, <laughs> it's a great picture. But what was cool is, you know, since he's focused on food and um, I have a, I run a, an initiative focused on food at mm-hmm. ASU. I got a chance to go out to dinner mm-hmm. um, with him and a bunch of other people, uh, and then spend a little other t- little more time with him the next day, yeah. just talking about our research and and mm-hmm. his background and th- mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I got to spend, you know, roughly couple hours, yeah, a few hours in in sort of intimate company with Michael Pollan. Is really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's that's really really amazing. That's such a cool career opportunity. Yeah. Like for you. So I was just so excited that you got to do that. And um, yeah, you just like had such a good experience. You were like so energized that night, um, like when you got home and, and stuff, just thinking about well, and I was conversation you, and y- stuff. Yeah. And the pre- progression of it was was funny because I I was lucky to get sat near him. Like at the end of a table, there mm-hmm. were these there was a sort of reception after this big event we had. And I sat near him a couple of major donors to ASU and Michael Crow, who is the president of ASU. In mm-hmm. fact, Michael Crow was immediately to my right. These extremely rich donors were immediately to my left mm-hmm. and Michael Pollan was directly across from me. Oh my gosh. And so it was this powerhouse corner of the, of the whole room. And yeah. I, I got lucky enough to sit there. Um, and I was like a kid, you know, at the adults <laughs> table and they're all having these conversations, like really the type of conversation where you're like, I, I don't run in this circle at all. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, I don't even know how to fit, like, like ask a follow-up question. <laughs> yeah. I, I have nothing literally at all to relate to the things that you're saying. Yeah. Um, but two things happened that allowed me to warm up and to start joking around with the Michaels, mm-hmm. <laughs> Crow and Pollen. Mm-hmm. Um, one was that I started drinking. And so yeah, <laughs> always, always great <laughs> advice for a work situation, work situation. <laughs> yeah. My high powered boss next to me and this, uh, internationally known author across for me i had a man- manhattan and about three wines and then i was like all right that is so much for you that is I quite a bit i don't know how you were still functional well i mean the whole event was like a six oh, hour I see. so it wasn't like in quick succession yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been asleep under the table <laughs> <laughs> yeah things would have gone south fast um but then the other thing is michael Pollan dropped the f-bomb and oh, yeah. all you need to do to make me feel comfortable is swear around me or at me and i'll and i'll love you and so <laughs> Uh, then, then I was good. Then we were chatting and joking and it was great. That's awesome. Yep. Um, well, my big thing, we already kind of talked about it, but it was just our day date for tomorrow. I've been thinking yeah. about today, like just kind of the progression of our day. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited about it and it's going to be just so, so fun. And we just haven't had a day date in, I don't know, a while. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really nice. I can't wait to see what it is. Yeah. All right. I think that's about it. And we need to go pick up our boys from daycare. So Oh yeah. We better I guess we better sign off. Thank you everyone so much for listening. We love, love, love to get your questions at hey matrimony M O N E Y at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to our blog where you can um, you can also leave advice for our listener question. Um, it's a 
great place to like make it a community and share your advice, your experience. Um, and you can see the show notes for the show. And I don't know if we'll have any links. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll link to something. We'll share a picture of Chris with Michael Pollan. There you go. And if you didn't get a chance to tell us how you would spend those various amounts of money, we would love to hear it. Remember, Michael Pollan recommends that you love your local honey, not your money. Are you so proud? I just thought of it. (laughs) It's pretty good.